Hello and welcome to the June 21st edition of the Fantasyland Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shorten. What a day, what a morning here in Australia was for basketball. Great to see the Suns get up. I really I really hope they go all the way from here. And what a final dash from Atlanta to get the job done over Philly. I, I mean, obviously, being an Aussie, I want to see Ben Simmons do well, but... There is that singular play that is going to haunt him and probably haunt a lot of Australians for years to come whenever he was backing down Gallo, got around him, and then passed it to Matisse Thibel uh, whenever he had an open dunk. Trey wasn't even going to contest a shot. It was just he's obviously lacking so much confidence and he's scared to get fouled because he knows what happens whenever he goes to the line? Something does need to change. It was really disheartening to see that Embiid and Doc both threw him under the bus. And I feel for the guy, but also you're being paid $30 million a year to play basketball. You've got to be better than that. So, yeah, hopefully hopefully he, got, he does get traded. I would love to see him get traded and traded to a side where he builds up a bit of confidence, builds up a bit of aggression. So... Yeah, he just needs to watch some tape of Giannis. He needs to watch some tape of Westbrook and LeBron and how they drive and use their bodies and just that. work it out later once you get to the line. Yeah, even if you're making 50% of them, that's still 50% more than what he's making right now by not doing anything. Anyway, anyway, as I mentioned last week, I was going to do a sleeper and bust review uh, for the year just gone. There was it was interesting to go through it. I was surprised at some that I did really well. There were some that I maybe didn't go as well, which I'll go through in a second. But first, I want to give a shout out to uh, one of the followers on um, on Twitter that I've got um, at Fantasy NBA Goats um, guys out of Serbia. Um, dropped me a, a line just to just to say um, that yeah keep up the good work, all that sort of stuff. It is really appreciated as much as it is fun talking about fantasy. It is sometimes tough to to kind of get up and do it whenever you've got a full-time job and things like that. So um, that message really did mean a lot. So thank you very much, guys. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully I can get you onto the podcast one day. That'd be really cool. I uh, don't know how it works timeline-wise or sorry, time zone-wise. Um, don't know why it's a timeline. been watching too much Loki. But yeah, if we can get you on to the, the podcast, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But sleepers. So I did one last year, did a podcast with Josh Lloyd. Josh Lloyd is um, the host of Locked On Fantasy Pot Podcast. Uh, he's also one of the lead analysts at Basketball Monster. If you're not on Basketball Monster, you should. It's a really, really good site for rankings. It's a really good site for player stats um, as well as, you know, History, turnover percentages, different um, usage rates, which I love usage rates per 36. It's really, really good. So if you're not on Basketball Monster, definitely have a look. Free to sign up. So have a look there. So my first sleeper last year was Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher was going in on ESPN listed as 169th um, on the rankings on the ADP going into the season last year. He finished the year at 52. I was high on him throughout the year. I knew that 
And I think a lot of people uh, who were paying attention knew that Toronto didn't really have a center. I didn't have much trust in Aaron Baines. I didn't have much trust in Alex Len. And I was very, very high. I was, I was probably higher than Josh was on Chris Boucher. Um, but yeah, I was really happy with how he played, finished the season at 52. And he was a bit of a game changer whenever it came down to it. Players that can bounce around the court and get some really big blocks and have nights where they go for five, six, seven a game are rare and really good to, to have. So that's a tick. Norman Powell had second. He was coming in at 173. I've spoken about him in the last couple of podcasts. He finished the season at 36 overall for uh, full season value. He was really, really good. He's 18.5 points, four and three with I think it was close to 50% shooting on the season. Really, 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 really good. And I will be targeting him really heavily going into next year. Um, I think that there's going to be a shakeup in Portland. I've mentioned it before. And he is somebody that I really like. I uh, really want to get next year because he does a bit of everything and he does well. Miles Turner, he was coming in grossly low is what I said back then. Early rankings had him at uh, 81 and per his um, per basketball monster, he hadn't finished outside of the top 58 in any season's rankings. He finished the season at 47 for full season value, but that was a that was a low number given his late uh, late injuries in the season. He was running at and per game value, he was running at number 14 overall. So if you got him and you were able to potentially trade him, um, then you got a really, really good price. He had such a good year. I don't expect him to back up three and a half blocks per game, and that's pretty much where his entire value is um, is tied up in. He doesn't board great. He doesn't shoot. like He shoots okay from, from three, doesn't assist, um, and he needs to be a bit more aggressive on the offensive end. I hope he gets traded because Sabonis just chews up his usage. But yeah, that's another tick. So that's three ticks so far. Time for a couple of crosses. So Kobe White. I had Kobe White as somebody who I was really encouraged by um, the back end of the season prior. And he just didn't bring it into this season. He was going in at number 86. I thought he was primed for a really, really big year. He was never going to be one who was going to get you some big um, big assist numbers. But he has a fantasy-friendly game of points, threes, and does a little bit all over the place. Uh, not too dissimilar to somebody like a CJ McCollum or an Evan Fournier. And those guys with usage which I thought Kobe White had with usage of those guys as top 40 players. Kobe White was bad. They don't trust him. He turns the ball over a hell of a lot, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got traded in the offseason, but he finished the year at 128. I got him at about 90, 95 in a lot of places, which I thought was a steal for where I got him, but he was really poor, and I've spoken about it before. He's something I'm never going to draft again, not until he turns it around at least. Um, And then the last person that I had was... Thomas Bryant. So Thomas Bryant was someone coming off of injuries and he was at 116 going into the season. But once again, Thomas Bryant has got himself injured. He finished the season at 96 in per game value, which great. If you've got Thomas Bryant and I think he only played like 10 games, 
you had him at the start of the year. He's going to produce good numbers, and that 96 is indicative of his value. Like he's going to, if he plays a full season, he's going to be inside the top probably 40 or 50. Um, but he, two years in a row now, he is playing. He's just not got onto the court. So he's, I think, total season value, he was outside of the top 200, which is what you'd expect whenever you only play a dozen games. But look, he is somebody that I'm going to target going into next year. I think you'll be able to get him cheapened towards the back end of your draft. If you can get him there, it's really it's low risk. So um, again, not a tick, but I mean, if he had stayed healthy, would have been a tick. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one as maybe a question mark. So out of the five sleepers that I had, I hit on the first three, and I hit on the first three pretty comfortably. Boucher finishing at, what, 110, 120 spots above his ADP on ESPN. Norman Powell, 140 spots up. And Miles Turner halved his early season ranking. But, I mean, if he had stayed healthy, he would have been inside the top 15. Kobe White and Thomas Bryant were poor. Now, on to the busts. So, some of us weren't so so many – they weren't so much a bust, but uh, one who I think is going to be a bust for the rest of his career is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker was coming into the season ranked at 45, which is just too rich. I, I there's no way, there's no way going into this year I was ever going to be able to justify a fifth rounder on Kemba Walker. He has shoddy knees. He always seems to be banged up. He always seems to be on a minute restriction. And he's at the point now of his career where he is going to, I think he's now, well, now he's 31 or 32. I think he's obviously he's been shipped out of Boston onto OKC. So the usage will 100% be there. I don't necessarily think he's going to start the year at OKC, but he could definitely be somebody who plays yeah, if they're scheduled for a four-game week, maybe plays two or three. Three-game week, maybe plays two. I think he's going to be sitting in a lot of games. I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to play any back-to-backs, and I think they're going to coast him through because they are. They have a stack of picks, so they're going to want to get as much as they can out of that. So, Kemba Walker, I said he was a bust, and he finished the season full value at one hundred and thirty uh, for full season value. Yeah, you take into account that he was injured for a lot of the year, but you, you can't be getting him and holding on to him and then him only putting up 130, 130th value. Not somebody that I want to go anywhere near and I would advise everybody to do the same. LaMarcus Aldridge, um, l- a little bit... Uh, he was going into the season at 42 and he's, a, he's one that I say with a little bit of a heavy heart because he didn't play well, which is fine. All the players... Um, the Spurs were moving away from his style of game. He played quite a few minutes at the center, and I think he started the, re- the season quite well, shooting quite a few threes, blocking the ball, and then obviously he got traded across to Brooklyn and had issues with his heart, I believe it was, heart palpitations, and he or a regular heartbeat and uh, retired prematurely, which is sad to see. You never want to see those sort of injuries. You never see any injuries, but those life-threatening injuries derail and uh, potentially future Hall of Famer's um, career. But, yeah, he wasn't great. Finished the season at 116 per game value and outside the top 200 for a full season. 26 games is all he played. Injuries obviously played a part of that. And 
hopefully, hopefully we can see him back in some sort of a basketball function, whether there is an analyst or an assistant coach or something, because he is really good to have around the league. Draymond Green, I didn't have full faith that he was going to be back to his best. He was coming to the season at 59th. Um, with no clay, I thought that he was going to struggle because he gets a lot of cheap threes from that pick and pop and from the off-ball screens and the handoffs and things like that. And I thought that with injuries and a shake-up of the roster, I thought he was going to struggle. And to be fair, he started the season pretty poorly, but he finished the season at 44th in um, full season value, which, to his credit, Really, really good. He is somebody who's uh, he rates himself. He thinks that he's the best defender to ever play in the NBA. He's the only defender in his eyes that can guard all five positions. And not saying he's right, not saying he's wrong, but he's an entertainment machine. Um, and he is very fantasy friendly. So next season, if they've got a full squad, I think that he could be somebody that you you target in the the forty to fifty range. So I didn't hit on on him as a bust, did hit on Kemba, did hit on LA, I suppose. And Gallinari is who I had next. I This is one that, that Josh Lloyd and I uh, argued over a, a little bit. Um, I, I said that he was a bust. He said he wasn't a bust and that John Collins was going to be a bust. In fact, I think he even said that John Collins would finish the season outside the top 100 or something along those lines. Um, as we see that, I'm going to jump on to his website and see where he finished up. He finished at 55, so where where he was getting drafted, a little bit of a, a slip there. But I had full faith that John Collins was going to play and that John Collins was going to play big minutes and that Gallo, I don't think that Gallo is a starter in the league anymore. I don't think that he is healthy enough to start and I think that he is going to be someone who comes off the bench, plays 15, 20 minutes, and we'll put in decent numbers. We'll get hot one game every 10, and everyone will think that he's back. But anyway, he was coming in the season at 92. He finished the season at 126. Not too disappointing there, but I I think that he's going to finish outside of that again this year coming. I think that they are going to trade away John Collins, but I, yeah, I'm not so sure that he is the player that he once was. He's not as aggressive as he used to be. He's picking and popping, and maybe it's just with the the side that he's in now and the deep side, but healthy Cam Reddish, a healthy DeAndre Hunter, and I think that Gallo is going to lose some minutes. Um, obviously, you've got Onyeka Okongwu as well. I think that he is somebody who will play some big minutes next year. I really like him, and if they move on John Collins or Capella or both, Okongwu is somebody who I'm going to target quite heavily. And then finally... Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes is one that I thought was going to take a massive. This is probably the worst take that I that I had. I thought that he was going to struggle because of Whiteside. Um, little did I know, and I went against my better judgment to to think that um, Whiteside on a veterans minimum was going to come in and take starter role. Rashawn Holmes is a much better player. He his. I don't. I. Personally, don't think that he is as good as his rankings give him. Uh, plenty of times throughout the season, it showed him as a top five center in the league. I don't see that from a fantasy side. What he's 
boosted by is his really high percentages, which great. That's all well and good, except he's got them on really low volume. So they're kind of a little bit mute. So I I had him, he was coming into the season at 98. He finished the season at 43. I would not take him at 43. I think there's a lot better players that you can get at 43. I would have him at, as a 75, 80, 85 sort of guy. Um, and next year I'd get him if he was there. But yeah, I obviously I didn't pick that one very well and Whiteside was real bad. Um, so, I mean, if you're following on, I hit on what I hit on three, four, technically, uh, well, three, yeah, three, uh, sleepers I hit on, missed on two. One of them was because of injury, and then I nailed one, two, three busts and missed on one big one being Holmes and Draymond was kind of a roundabout where he was drafted. But uh, yeah, that's that's the season that is gone. I had a quick look at uh, Roto-Wire. Roto-Wire have got a, um, a far too early because obviously trades and everything is going to happen. Far too early, top 50 for 2021-22. So worth jumping onto their website and having a look at that. I might actually drop it into the description here if you guys want to have a look. Um, and I had a look. Yahoo have got one as well. And I wanted to have a look at some... Yahoo have got a top 12, and there's one there that I think is a joke. Uh, not a joke. It's just very ambitious. Um, so I was going to have a look at some early sleepers and some busts going into next year. I got a little bit carried away. I was going to do three and three, but I've got probably four or five in the sleepers and the same again on the, on the bus. But one thing that is worth noting, and I don't know if they are being serious with it, but they've got – Yahoo have got in order – their top 12, Jokic, Curry, KD, don't love that, um, AD, Giannis, Embiid, Lillard, which I love. I think that every year he goes too late. Carl Anthony Towns, James Harden at nine is incredible. If you can get him there. Kawhi Leonard at 10, I think is high. And then they've got 11 and 12. Um, so 11, they've got Michael Porter Jr. Obviously, Jamal Murray is going to be out throughout for pretty much the entire year. Um, I Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a really big year. Is he going to have a top 11, nearly top 10 year? I don't think so. Uh, so I wouldn't be spending a top 15 pick on him. Just I think it's just a bit premature. And then the other one they've got there is Nikola Vucevic, who, yeah, look, he, I think he's going to have another good year. He's very, very consistent. I don't think he's... I think he's just going to turn out the same numbers as he always does at the Bulls. The biggest issue there is, as it currently sits, they've got Kobe White, Zach Levine, Patrick Williams, Laurie Markkinen, as their and him as their starting five. And I just, yeah, there's going to be some changes there. Markkinen and White, I think, could be gone, but Zach Levine is a big usage guy. So I think that Vooch will probably struggle a bit with that. Um, outside of that, we've got um, the Rotowire one. And I'm not going to run through the whole list, but just to give you a, a little bit of a taster, um, a couple of sleepers that I see there. Trey Young at 11. Sorry, that's not true at all. They quite landed 11. Trey Young at 18. I think he's a really, really good value, especially if you're talking eight categories. Even at nine categories, I really like him as well. He is somebody who 
had a pretty poor, pretty poor year from three. Um, I don't know, I think his field goal and his turnovers were, were pretty bad. But I really like him at 18. I think he's a bit of a steal there. He is going to have a really good career. He's going to have a really good season next year. And I think that at 18, yeah, you could definitely see some top 10 value there. The other ones I've got, I've got uh, DeAndre Ayton. In fact, on Rotowire here, they've got a group between 39 and 49-ish that has got Devin Booker at 39, Siakam at 40, Paul 41. You've got John Collins at 44, Lonzo at 45, Draymond at 46, Simmons at 47. I know it's a hot topic right now. He's going to be traded and he is going to have a much better season than then 47th. Then you've got DeAndre Ayton at 48, Jarmoran at 49. So that whole bracket there, I think, is listed with some really good value. Um, Ayton at 48, I think, is probably the best value of that. He started off really, really slowly this year. I think that if Chris Paul is still there next year, um, if they keep that core group together, I think that DeAndre Ayton is going to take off from where he's left his um, from his current playoff run, which is just really good. He should be a double-double guy with with uh, two blocks a game. Like He's just going to be consistent, and I think that he will have a, a pretty good year, certainly higher than 48. The other one is on the sleeper side is – who else have I got? Nurkic. Nurkic at 63. I think he is going to – I think they're going to shake it up, but I think he's at prime for a really big year. 63 is cheapest chips for Nurk there. You got Drummond, you got Wall, ninety-eight and hundred respective. Not, something needs to change there in terms of locations for them. Drummond is becoming a free agent, so he's going to end up somewhere. He's going to make sure he ends up somewhere where he can uh, ball out a little bit and be a high usage guy. Not a great defender in real life, but fantasy friendly. And then the other one, which I really, really love, is Jonathan Isaac, one hundred and eighteen. He is an absolute game changer whenever he's on the court. He's had such a long time to recover as well, hopefully, and they're going to nurse him back. There's no issues with that. I would take him at 50% playtime because he could still get three blocks and two steals um, because he just he's long. He's a great defender, and he, if fully healthy, he is a better version of Robert Covington. Um, which may be a hot take for the people who love Robert Covington. But considering you can get him after players like Derek Rose, um, Jalen, Jalen Suggs, who obviously a rookie who we don't even know where he's going to end up yet. Jay Sean Tate had a good year, but I mean, is he going to keep it going whenever they're at full strength? Um, Thomas Bryan, who I just mentioned, he's just before Kendrick Nunn, Ricky Rubio. I mean, yeah. You'd definitely take him. Kelly Oubre at 121 is also terrific value. And then some busts. Now, I'm not going to make too many friends here, but the number one bust, and I referenced it last week, they've got Zion Williamson at 32. That is far too high for somebody who is such a one-dimensional player. He's going to score high points. He's he's going to go close to 30 points a game, and he's going to do it at 70% dunks a game. Doesn't do well from the line. Doesn't assist all that well. Rebounds okay, for, for a big guy, doesn't do much on the defensive end, doesn't shoot threes. I think that at 32 on this list, which will obviously change going into the season, but you've got Jalen Brown, you've got Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Christian Wood, Brandon Ingram, and then that group of players that I said before that, 
all players I would have before Zion Williamson. Um, Miles Turner at 29. I love Miles Turner. He's probably one of my favorite fantasy guys. But at 29, I am not 100% sure. I think that depending on where he ends up could be a really big factor. If he gets three blocks a game, he's going to absolutely destroy that um, that ADP there in that ranking. But I don't know if he will. Um, OG at 50. It's always... It's always interesting to see somebody who breaks out and then where they're going to go next year or how they go next year. Toronto, I think they're going to make some changes as well. Um, Siakam, he could miss a bit of the season, which will help OG. But I am a little concerned about how well he's going to back it up going into next year. And then Boucher at 62. I just think that Toronto are going to bring in a centre. And when they do, because we know that Nick Nurse doesn't love Boucher and don't doesn't trust him on the defensive end, um, he chases his blocks. To to be fair, so um, I don't necessarily think that he is going to be their starting centre next year, and I don't think that he is going to be playing twenty minutes a game. Um, but hey, these are just my very very early takes. Don't hold me to any of these because all of these rankings will change as the season ends. We're going to get injuries. We're going to get trades. We're going to get rookies. We're going to get a lot of things that that, that shake up. I think that there's going to be massive changes in the offseason. So I'll come back, obviously, with the draft guide, with the sleepers, with the bus and all that sort of stuff. So um, thank you again for listening. If you haven't already, rate and subscribe to the show and shoot us a, a message on Twitter on Instagram or into the email um, fantasylandbasketballgmail.com or at Mark Fantasyland on the socials if you've got any questions or, or want to know anything about the upcoming season. But yeah, until next time, don't forget to rate and subscribe.